You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. All right, welcome to the Matt Walsh Podcast. Thank you for uh, being here. Thanks for listening. I know everyone's looking forward to, um, if you haven't already, by the time you listen to this, looking forward to seeing um, Star Wars. I guess everyone everyone on, on Earth will have seen it um, within within uh, 12 seconds of its release. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be the contrarian here. I'm really not, but I, I just, I don't get it. I really don't. And I love movies, okay? I'm a big movie fan. So this isn't a thing where I don't, you know, I just, I'm not, a, I'm not really in the movies. There are people like that out there. I have a sister like that. Just not, not a big fan of movies. I don't understand that. That seems strange to me. That seems weird. So I'm a big movie fan, but this um, Star Wars thing, uh, I just, I remember I saw the original films. Um, I don't recall what age exactly because I, they didn't leave much of an impression on me. But I think I saw them probably a little later than most kids. Maybe I was 12 or something. And, um, and they were okay. You know, I thought Darth Vader was cool. Jabba the Hutt was cool, but, but he was only in it for like 14 seconds, right? And, um, and then I went back and I watched them again just one other time. So I've seen probably the original, not the prequels, but the original trilogy. The prequels, I think I saw the first prequel and I didn't bother to watch the other two. But um, uh, so the original trilogy, I, I saw them all, all the way through, all three of them, probably twice, one and a half times. And, um, and so I went back and I watched them again uh, when I was an adult, 23, 24. I had no sentimental attachment to them. And I have to say, with that perspective, I was um, I was just bored, honestly. And, I, and I'm not saying that to be a jerk who disagrees. You know, I'm just being honest. I, I thought they were silly, kind of poorly acted, campy, corny, um, kind of entertaining, but certainly not anything to provoke this religious devotion that people have in them. And now, you know, with the with the new ones, well, anyway. I'll probably end up saying it because my wife wants to. This is like the, I guess, um, the inversion of the normal thing because my wife is really into it and wants to see it, and I don't care at all, but I'll probably go see it. She's going to take her brother, little brother. So, anyway, just wanted to rain on your parade a little bit there. Um, although, it, it, this, is a, this is nothing. I'll tell you something I don't understand. Another thing I don't understand. I understand loving a movie because there are movies that I love. And when I think of the classic you know, to me, a classic movie that is just, if you don't like it, you're insane, would be, you know, something like, well, take like The Godfather, okay? To me, that, I, you know, The Godfather is my Star Wars, I guess. The Godfather 1 and 2. Just flawless, flawless movies. Then I've, I've seen both of them probably 20 times all the way through. But, and so I really like the movies a lot. You know, I've got lines from them memorized just because I've seen it so much. However... If I met someone who didn't like them, uh, I, I would give them a little bit of a hard time. Or if I met something, someone that's never seen them, my wife had never seen The Godfather, but she's a woman, you know, so it's a little bit more acceptable. But she had never seen them, I think, before I, I met her. So I gave her a hard time about that. But I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't feel offended, you know. 
with, with any pop culture thing where it's a, a movie or music, and I love music too, but and I and I and, and I could talk to you about it, and we could have a discussion about movies and music, and it's, and it's a good discussion. I enjoy that discussion, and we can even argue, even though it's a dumb argument about what's the better movie or what's the better song or artist. It's a stupid argument, but I could have that argument, and I could enjoy that argument. But I would never feel personally attacked or actually get angry if someone didn't like a thing that I liked. You know, it's one thing if we're talking about ideas and, you know, ideologies, uh, belief systems. That's different. But with a movie, a music, a TV show, again, TV, there's TV shows I really like. Breaking Bad, favorite all-time TV show. I'll talk to anyone about that TV show. But if I meet someone that's never seen it, I won't feel offended. I won't feel, like, hurt, angry about it. Like, I have to attack them. Uh, I don't understand that mentality. I just, I can't get inside that mentality. I don't want to be inside that mentality. But of course, you notice that a lot with Star Wars. There are people so devoted to it. If you tell them you don't like it, they feel, they feel as if you have just slapped their mother in the face. Probably even more offended, actually. And it's, it's a really, it's not unique to, uh, to Star Wars. I mean, just yesterday, I uh, said something on Twitter I don't know how it came up, but I mentioned that uh, there was, I was at a coffee shop and there was a Beyonce song on. And, um, and I thought it was, I just, I, I think she's a, bad, a poor singer. I, I really, I don't understand. I think she's an annoying voice. She's a bad singer. Uh, her, her songs are terrible. Um, you know, she's only a famous singer because, because of obviously sex sells and all that. So I mentioned that on, on Twitter, and then I, all these Beyonce fans start coming after, wishing death on me, telling me that they hope I choke to death or jump in front of traffic or whatever. And this is, okay, she's a pop star that you're a fan of. You're wishing death on a person because they don't like your favorite pop star. I mean, think about that. Think of it. You're feeling personally attacked because someone doesn't like a pop star that you listen to but have never met and don't know personally. So it's that mentality. I don't get it. Star Wars seems to elicit that mentality. I, I can't even, it's like if you're not a Star Wars fan, you have to, you have to hide, you know, it's like we all have to uh, hide in, in, in caves and talk to one another because if we say it in public, we'll just be, you don't like Star Wars? What the, you know, it's just, it's a little absurd. Anyway, um, but as long as you're not a, a, a cult, uh, you know, as long as it's not a cult for you or a religion, then I say, hey, go for it. When a, when a pop culture thing becomes a religion for you, then it's really unhealthy and you need to re- reevaluate your life. But if you just like it a lot and it entertains you um, and there's nothing morally wrong with it, which of course with, with Star Wars there isn't, then I say go for it and have a great time and, and, I, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope everyone enjoys it. All right. Um, so on to other things. The news of the um, – one of the um, – most disappointing news items of the week, and there's always a lot of competition for that title. But um, when all is said and done, of course, uh, Congress, a Congress with Republican majorities, agreed to a trillion-dollar spending bill that includes everything liberals wanted, um, and then some. And, of course, among them, funding for Planned Parenthood. Um, after all the talk about Planned Parenthood and all the post- posturing by, by Republicans, when it comes down to it, Planned Parenthood will suffer no cuts to its corporate welfare package and will face no consequences at all. And there are a lot of other things in this spending bill, trillion-dollar spending bill, um, a lot of other things that are upsetting conservatives, and rightly so, but I want to focus on this. Now, 
You know it's bad when the vice president of Planned Parenthood is happy about it. So the vice president of Planned Parenthood came out after the spending bill was agreed to, and she said, um, extreme members of Congress spent an entire year targeting access to reproductive health care at every opportunity, even threatening to shut down the government. Today's budget bill maintains access to critical preventive services and lacks these harmful attacks on women's health care at home and abroad. Ugh. Ugh. So we put Republicans in charge of Congress. And this is what we get. Forget actually stopping Planned Parenthood from murdering babies. Um, we can't even stop them from taking half a billion dollars from the public treasury every year. We can't even stop them from that. It's pathetic. Infuriating. Disgusting. And, and please don't tell me that there's nothing Republicans could do because they could have categorically refused to agree to a budget that included funding for baby killers. It is that simple. If they actually cared, they could have held the line, but they didn't because they never do because they don't actually care. And this is why I beg conservatives, I beg them to only vote for candidates who have demonstrated a consistent belief in conservative principles, and who possess the moral courage to stand by them unwavering. Moral courage. Principled consistency. If that phrase does not apply to your candidate, you are a fool, okay, if you cast your vote for them. If you're looking at your candidate, whoever it is, and, uh, and whether it's presidential election or any other election, and you do not see demonstrable moral courage and principled consistency, and you still vote for that person, you are an idiot, a fool. You're a disgrace, actually. You're a disgrace to the voting process if you do that. If you purpose, and there's a point here, but if you on purpose put somebody into office who you know you can't trust, and who is not a moral, decent human being, at least does not appear to be one, if you do that on purpose, you are destroying the country. And you deserve some of the blame. This is what angers me the most about all this. I don't put all the blame on politicians. Politicians are just people who we select to represent us. And we are the ones who keep putting these dopes in power. We do that. It's our fault. They don't materialize out of the ether, political office in hand. They don't descend from heaven. They, they are elected by us, and we never learn, do we? You look at this presidential uh, cycle. Many of us are threatening to keep, right, to, to, to keep right along, electing moral cowards and authoritarian, self-serving frauds because we never learn. I'm not much of a populist, as you can see. I don't believe in people. I don't. You know, I don't believe in people. I'm sorry to say I don't believe in the American people. Not now I don't. Maybe at a time, but not now. You know, when I see the American people I, collectively as a whole, I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of reason to have faith in, uh, in, in the mob's judgment. I think a person individually can be intelligent, competent. But people together are um, frustrating, to put it mildly. 
Look, I'm as fed up and disgusted by the Republican Party, by politicians in general. I'm as fed up as anyone is, uh, probably more than most. I mean, to me, this is such a failure. I mean, I mean, after everything, after all the work pro-lifers did, all the effort we put in, after everything, Planned Parenthood loses not a dime. Not one dime do they lose. And that is infuriating. Okay? You don't have to tell me that. That is infuriating. But listen, I don't want to sit here and just whine that, you know, oh, politicians betrayed us. They betrayed us. They did betray us, but guess what? Our politicians are morally corrupt and feckless. And even if, even if I'm the only one who will say this, if, even if I'm the only one who will admit it, the truth is they do reflect the American people in that regard. Take this Planned Parenthood thing, for instance. The truth is the majority of Americans don't care that much about baby murder. You've got many who are in favor of it, aggressively so, Many who are okay with it, many who are apathetic, and those three groups, probably over 50% right there of the country, wouldn't you say? When it comes to killing babies, uh, in favor, okay with it, or apathetic. That's over 50% easily. And, um, and then of those who don't like it, how many in that group are actually determined to see it ended? Determined. How many are radically pro-life? Aggressively, actively. It's certainly not a majority. That's my point. If a majority of people in this country, if over 50%, if 51% or 55 or 60 or 75 were um, radically, uh, uh, uncompromisingly, unequivocally pro-life, abortion would be illegal. Because the, the force of public opinion would be so overwhelming that there's no way abortion could remain legal. It's just that simple. Gay marriage is now legal because the force of public opinion was overwhelming. An overwhelming majority of Americans are either in favor of gay marriage or, you know, are apathetic to the issue one way or another. And so that made gay marriage inevitable, no matter what the Supreme Court did. Because it doesn't matter. You can say, well, the, our democracy is, is, a, is, a, is rigged. Voting process is rigged and so on. And there certainly is a lot of rigging and fraud that goes on. But when it comes down to it, um, when it comes down to it, we, we, uh, we still live in a country where if the majority of the people really want something, they'll get it. That's still how it works. So the politicians... Um, yeah, they reflect us. They do. They're voted into office by us. And, um, and now look at what's happening this election cycle. We, we've got Hillary Clinton. Think about that. A large swath of the population, maybe a majority, God help us, will willingly vote for this woman who is explicitly, outrageously dishonest and corrupt. You've got a, a lar- millions of people who are planning to vote for her regardless of that. So, yeah, she represents them. She does. She represents them. She's a woman with no character and no, no principles. And these people look at her and they say, that's who we want in office. And so she represents them. 
And on the Republican side, we've got large numbers flocking to the most explicitly dishonest and corrupt person on the stage. So again, whose fault is it? Who takes the blame for all this? Obama, I mean, listen, I don't really blame Obama for what he's done. He's just done exactly what he promised to do, which is destroy the country. That's what he promised. That's what he's done. So he's been true to his word in that regard. And so I blame the people who voted for him twice. I blame the people. I blame us. It's our fault. Eventually, we have to look in the mirror and realize that the people need to change. The culture, us, we need to change. And, and I think I'm one, I'm one of the only people who will say that. Because everyone else will point at, you know, the politicians because they're, they're, they're easy to attack. And yeah, they deserve it. But they're not... It's, it, our culture is at a place and it's not just because of the politicians. Give me a break. It's not. We have to accept that. So I guess it's good that I'm a Christian because uh, I don't need to put my faith in people or politicians because I've found that people and politicians will disappoint every time, every time. So I put my faith in Christ and I pray that, uh, that he will restore some sanity and clarity and courage to our nation, both in Washington and in the po- uh, civilian population, uh, because we need it. Lord, do we ever need it. And that's going to do it for me. Um, a bit of a somber note to end on for the year, but I guess that's appropriate, given the year we've had. And I will uh, talk to you guys next, talk to you next year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Akruche Salus, Godspeed.